0: Today it's Notre Dame and Navy. It's hard to know what to expect in this game. The Irish have been extremely inconsistent in 2019 and Navy rolls into town with one of its best squads in years. Could this be another upset in the making in front of a crowd that will not be sold out at Notre Dame Stadium For the first time since 1973, if you got that icky feeling in your stomach, you may not be alone. It's time to sort it all out as we figure out what will happen today between Notre Dame and Navy at Notre Dame Stadium. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. It's a top 25 showdown at Notre Dame Stadium this afternoon. The 93rd all-time meeting between Notre Dame and Navy in history will be made for the first time since 1973. A Notre Dame game at Notre Dame Stadium is not expected to be a sellout. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Angel DeCarlo alongside Kevin Downey and Kevin the Irish with a very nice 38-7 win on the road at two. Last week, Ian Book played well, but now a big challenge ahead of this Irish team this afternoon when things kick off at 2.30. Well, and they did
1: a great job of, um, again, getting those surrounding players to kind of step up for the uh, core of the offense. And then, you know, the defensive line depth uh, came through. So their strengths or what we thought was um, what they needed to do actually came through. So and again, for confidence, you want to uh, be feeling pretty good because, as you said, this is a good Navy team that's coming into town.
0: Uh, it was impressive to see the offensive line play well with the w- with two different guys in there now, Dr- Ruland and Lug having to play uh, with Kramer and Hainsy out. Uh, did lose Julian Aquar on the defensive yeah. side, which is a huge loss. So uh, and we know line play is going to be a big deal in this game here today. Whether or not you can you can push Navy off the line and make sure that they're not pushing you back when they're running that option on offense. Yeah. Well, and again, the the. Um
1: navy linemen are a little bit undersized but they're just so tough and so quick and it's just a whole different um whole different feel from what the nordam guys are used to so their pad level is going to be really low you know they're going to run the ball a lot on uh offense but then there's also a positive effect with running a lot of option and running the ball a lot that your defensive front and again they're undersized but they're really tough against the run
0: so um yeah it'll be really interesting on tap on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays this morning, our Focus on Faith interview is with a diehard Notre Dame fan. He's a three time cancer survivor, has had 25 surgeries in the last 16 years. What he's overcome in his life is incredible. His story is inspirational. You won't want to miss this conversation later in the show with former Irish golfer Bobby Kloska. We will all, of course, break down the matchup with 7-1 and, and 23rd ranked Navy. What is Cole Komet's future? Will he return next season, hear what he has to say about that. And Ian Book, not the lead to our show for the first time almost all season, so that's a really good sign. We'll discuss where he stands, but let's start with maybe the apathy, you could say, surrounding Notre Dame football right now, and in particular today's game. For the first time in 46 years, Notre Dame Stadium is not expected to be sold out today. The streak of 273 games expected to come to an end. Our poll question we asked, What's the biggest reason this streak is ending? Your options were the sting from the Michigan loss, ticket prices, it's cold. And nothing left to play for. Kevin, if you had to vote and you only get one option, one choice, All right. don't cheat like some people out there were doing, what would you vote for? I'd say it's
1: ticket prices. I mean, it's a beautiful new uh, stadium, but, man, I think that maybe they should have a whole section and just have really low prices like the, the dog pound, the Irish corner. <laughs> Have a student section at one end where they yell at the opponents
0: and then have, you know, some cheap seats really close. Let them heckle. The Leprechaun uh, Legion Part <laughs> 2. You know, they got that in the student section. They could have the, the that version. I mean, here's the thing, though. The ticket prices for today are face value is 45 bucks, uh-huh. and you could probably get it on the secondary market. I mean, right now, I. I mean, we could probably jump on StubHub and Vivid Seats. You might be able to bring the boys over there for $25 a person. Um, It's possible that you could probably find some cheap ones. Um, Right now, that is the leader. It's got 32% of the vote. Uh, Nothing left to play for got 25% of the vote. It's cold, got 28%, (laughs) and the sting from the Michigan loss got 15%. But if you add together the sting from the Michigan loss, nothing left to play for, 40% of the people, You know, it's based on the way this season has gone in some form and I think that that's understandable of 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 where this team stands it might be a different story if this team's undefeated it might not be yeah. you know 3 games in November and you know you, you you look at the home slate the fact that you had New Mexico Bowling Green uh Boston College is next week um and, and while Navy is a opponent people respect, mm-hmm. it's not exactly the opponent that makes you go, oh, yeah, we got to go see that one because, you know, you know, it's a, a grinded out yep. tough matchup. And I think most fans go into a game against Navy just fearing. <laughs> that something's going to go wrong and they're going to lose rather than going, okay, this is a quality win. It almost feels like a no-lose situation when you go up against Navy. So I think all those do play a, a big factor in terms of like where this season has gone.
1: Well, and I think, too um – you hate to go back to the the Michigan loss, but that one did sink because they really didn't show up again. Would it be a whole different deal if they were still um, ranked high and undefeated? I'd say probably people would be willing to
0: weather the cold. All right. We asked people on social media about that, and uh, we heard the percentages. Here's some of the responses. Big Dave said, uh, it's cold and nothing left to play for. You cheated, Big Dave. You're only supposed to give me one answer. Yeah. Marcus said they got what they wanted, the maximum ticket price the market would bear. They were going to continue raising them until this happened. The weather, the opponent, the lack of playoff hopes were all factors, but the price tag was the primary deterrent to me. Scott Hums, uh, old friend of the program, the sellout ended years ago, and he just stopped caring about the streak, so they didn't use creative accounting to keep the streak going. Now, they have in the past, you know, admittedly uh, have asked some corporate sponsors eh, you, do some wanna, group. you you want to you want to buy these last 2000 tickets and give them to your employees and i think one of the reasons why they didn't do that was well then they were going to have to do it again next week because the boston college game is going to be probably just as as big of a problem as well Um, Jennifer Blair wrote ticket prices and scalpers getting to inflate prices keeping the average Joe from being able to buy good seats also I am short I ended up surrounded by tall fans who stood the entire game I got to see TV has the better seats and the better price okay that's understandable. That is a problem in sports of all kind now. Right. People yeah. got their big 50 inch TV at home. Um, they can be warm. Uh, they can have all their food. It's an all you can eat buffet at home and you don't have to pay anything and you save a lot of money. So I think that definitely is probably one of the biggest factors. And maybe I should have put that one on the poll. But um, that, that certainly matters as well. Well,
1: comfort. But again, the uh, Notre Dame football stadium, sometimes we take it for granted. That's a destination. People will travel a long way to come to uh, experience a game.
0: You know, and then uh, some more replies. Uh, Katie wrote uh, ticket prices and the way ticket package was set up. I love ND, but this is on the university. Now, again, I'm gonna point out right now. You can get tickets for 45 bucks. You can go on the secondary market. You may be able to get them for 30 bucks. Uh, so keep that in mind. If you're listening right now and you're like, "Man, I can't afford them," it, you, yeah, you might you be can able can to today. you can. I mean, 45 dollar ticket is is pretty affordable. Um, and it's probably one of the lower tickets they've had for for quite some time. Um, let's see here. Lucas wrote a combination of increased prices and nothing left to play for. Um, Chad Miller, I think, between it's getting in the into the colder months, and plus there's nothing really left to play for except to really win and hope to get to a New Year's Six Bowl game. And, and I, again, I think it is a combination. I, I didn't want to let people vote for a combination because – Obviously, if I said all of the above, it would have probably gotten 98% of the vote, um, but I think that's understandable why it's a combination, right? You throw in the ticket prices when you, uh, you've you had two losses, you get pounded by Michigan, um, that, the apathy's down a little bit. It's like, well, do I want to take a family of four and end up having spend four hundred dollars once you eat and everything like that and, and and all that sort so that that makes sense that all of that plays a factor well
1: in the cold too um i saw a little thing that was kind of interesting where
0: they had have been doing
1: a lot of those shamrock series games kind of out in a way in november to keep you out of the cold and again now that i'm a retired football coach i'm not as tough as i used to be so the cold <laughs>
0: would weigh in on my factor for if I wanted to go or not. Now, uh, Jack Swarbrick uh, did an interview with the South Bend Tribune, and I want to read you a quote here, if I can pull it up. Of course, my phone crashing on me as I try to, um, that um, this is good spin central by the Notre Dame athletic director. But if my choice is 77,622 people in an environment that's not... Really good versus 75,000 in a raucous environment. I'll take the latter every time. As if the 2,700 fans that aren't showing up are all ones that would be sitting on their hands hands the whole time. (laughs) I mean, let me tell you, the 75,000 that are going to be there today may not be that loud at times either. So, uh, that was a nice theory by the Notre Dame athletic director, but um, I'm going to call baloney on that one. Oh, <laughs> right. well, and you have to spin it, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's his job, right? Fiddler's Hearth in downtown South Bed is a great place to drink, eat a great dinner, and listen to live music. Locally owned public house, Fiddler's Hearth has 24 beers on tap, so your options are plentiful. It's also family friendly. They have a great Sunday brunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. They want to reward the loyal listeners of Redeemer Radio. Hey, all you got to do is mention you heard Fiddler's Hearth on Redeemer Radio to your server. You get 10% off your bill. That's Fiddler's Hearth on Main Street in downtown South Bend. If you're like Kevin, you got, uh, you know, a family of 10, uh, 10% is going to go a long way on that bill, to, to say the least. Um, all right, Kevin, let's talk about uh, this matchup with Navy, uh, the rank they're seven and one, ranked twenty third in the first college football playoff rankings that came out, or the second, I should say, and uh, first time since nineteen seventy eight that both teams have been ranked when facing each other. Uh, and the thing that stands out to me is that Navy has a much improved defense, and then Malcolm Perry returning to uh, the quarterback position this year has been outstanding uh, for the Midshipmen yeah their offense again with that quarterback he's really dynamic and a playmaker
1: but just the design of what they do and again i have a lot of respect for their coach as well um you know the option is it's kind of an oddity people don't run it as much anymore um i know for me as a coach i was actually an option coach for my first uh, seven years um so i i fully believed in it i even tried to talk my uh Offensive coordinator um, for college, my first year of college coaching into running it, so I believe in it. But with uh, with that, it's just something that you don't see every time. And they do such a good job with multiple formations. Uh, they're they're fullbacks. They have two little bowling ball guys, thirty four and forty three. They're five nine, two 220 pounds. They're just they're tough and rugged, and it's it's a different style of offense that you're not used to seeing. The one thing that kind of surprised me um, was that they would get into more. Uh, more traditional or what what's happening now in offense with a little shotgun and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're, <laughs> if you're good at what you do and you got that great playmaker and he's going to start out the, uh, the quarterback will start out every play with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think it's pretty
0: good. And it all starts with Malcolm Perry, uh, thousand forty two yards rushing 16 touchdown runs, 722 yards passing five touchdown passes, three interceptions. Here's what Brian Kelly and Ade Ogandaji had to say about facing Malcolm Perry.
2: Is uh, a dynamic offensive player. Um, I think he's uh, top 15 in the country in rushing, and he's the number one rushing quarterback in the country. A dynamic, explosive player. Um, last year, he played slot. Uh, Force didn't play quarterback. You know, now back at the quarterback position, he's precise, very you know, very uh, secure with the football. Um, you know, he's a point guard. You know, distributing, uh, making really good decisions.
3: Yeah, he's he's definitely explosive. Last time we played him, he was at the slot and he was moving, and so now he's at quarterback, kind of running the offense. And he's definitely explosive. We've seen him on film. He's a guy who can do it really all. You know, he could, he's fast. He's he likes to get up in there, be physical as well. So. You know, he's going to be a handful on Saturday, but it makes him very dangerous. When you got a guy who can, you know, make plays with his feet and do all those things and the option, and he's really fast, it definitely brings a different, you know, dynamic to the option team. But, you know, I feel like we talked about preaching, swarming to the football, and, you know, we can't get just get one guy on him. There's got to be multiple guys coming on him and swarming to make the tackle on him.
0: That's DJ before him. Brian Kelly talking about Malcolm Perry, the starting quarterback for the midshipman. Uh, you know, as Kevin mentioned, you know, defending the option, not easy. Uh, middle linebacker Drew White. Uh, Kevin, we all remember a, a year ago, Drew Tranquil goes, gets hurt. Drew White appears and everyone's scrambling for their roster going, <laughs> who, who is that? What, what, who was that guy that just came in? He played great and it turned out he wasn't a one hit wonder yep. um, the way he played played in that game but he definitely stood out to us last year the way he stepped in for for an injured drew tranquil
1: well in uh the past couple of years nordium done a great job of really simplifying the scheme so that they can just adjust to this you know option offense and again um with with that so a lot of times it'll look uh, really similar to the people at home but they're doing a lot of different formational things like maybe unbalance a guy over um, and what stands out to me is obviously you know they pound you with the run but then they mix in some of the play action passes and you can get people totally out of sorts that's why people look wide open you're like well what was that guy
0: doing well he was He was the pitch man. He wasn't corner that way. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's what uh, Drew White had to say about last year's game and what it will take to stop the option that Kevin's mentioned.
3: You know, last year was special. Um, Definitely was uh, my first opportunity to show, um, you know, the coaches. I had the ability and and gained some trust. But really, uh, this week, I'm just focusing on this year. Last year doesn't matter at all. Um, So you you can't throw on the pass. Um, whether it's good or bad and I've learned that so you know, we're just focusing on this this week this year No matter if you're the Mike linebacker uh, D lineman or safety um, Each guy has a job every play you gotta you gotta make sure you're doing your job and trust uh, the other ten guys next to you That they're doing theirs. You can't be too nosy look, you know, just trying to find the ball You got to play your assignment and just be assignment sound and you gotta be aggressive. You got to be uh, physical at the point of attack um, you know Navy uh, thrives on pushing the line back, um, just gaining four yards every play. That's, that's their key to success. Um, so, I mean, our key uh, this week, along with I mean, our whole defense, not just me, is, is to um, shut them down um, at the line of scrimmage and not let any balls leak for extra yards.
0: I think those last points were pretty important. You know, you just can't get pushed off that line of scrimmage. And, you know, you don't have Julian Acquara. Um and, and I don't know how much he would have – he actually did well in last year's game. But uh, Jameer Jones was uh, very good in last year's game as well. And he'll definitely start uh, he, here today. But uh, that defensive line, getting those chop blocks, that's that's uncomfortable and unnatural when, you, when that comes to you. And this is always a game where you fear for injuries. Yeah. But – and then – as a player if you're thinking about that then you're gonna be less aggressive
1: bad things can happen and your assignment football so again it's not just put your hand down and when that guy moves i'm gonna attack you're thinking oh, i gotta tackle the fullback to quarterback to pitch like there's just a lot more thinking and and pad level has a lot to do with it those guys are little and quick and they come off low and hard so um you know they're they're it's it's odd it's something that they don't face every day and I know that in the past few years Notre Dame's done a great job of preparing for it but that's why I think um, you know it's going to be a close game and obviously the rankings um, kind of match up this is a very good Navy team and we talked earlier they had a rough year last year so a lot of those yeah, younger guys 10 last year <laughs> a lot of those younger guys got to play like for example their slot receiver
0: now being a quarterback that's pretty dangerous. All right, we'll talk a lot more about this matchup throughout the show. Uh, be sure to join us uh, next Friday night for the Tyrac Game of the Week as Marion hosts top-ranked Chitard in the 3A semi-state. Can the Knights pull off a huge upset win and advance to the state title game for the first time in school history? We'll have all the action for you Friday night here on Redeemer Radio, 95.7 FM, We're still awaiting an official start time and kickoff time for that game. So be sure to stay tuned to our social media accounts and on the air for the update of what time That game will kick off next Friday night at Atolsky Field in the 3A semi-state. Marion defeating Knox last night 17-0 to win their sixth regional title in school history. All right, time for our timeout. Our Focus on Faith interview is with three-time cancer survivor and diehard Notre Dame fan who had to have surgery at the University of Michigan two days after Endy's loss at Michigan. Unbearable. And when we return, where does Ian Book now stand heading into today's game after last week's performance? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this.
1: Does debt have you down? Are you worried about your credit cards, your mortgage, or keeping your car? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can help. Our people are trained to be financial physicians. They can give you a checkup, help you to heal and then stay healthy. Don't be embarrassed. It's why we exist. When your body is sick, you go to see a doctor. When your finances are sick, you go to see the friendly folks at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits?
0: Welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey, counting you down to 2.30 p.m. today as Notre Dame will take on Navy in a top 25 showdown with three games left in the regular season. This is the time of year where we start wondering about next year, what players are going to come back. Uh, Cole Komet uh, next year could go to the NFL Draft, could come back. He's a baseball player. He really wants to play baseball. 29 catches, 327 yards, five touchdowns so far this this year, missed two games because of broken collarbone. I asked Cole this week about what his plans are for next year. Cole, have you, have you thought about your future at all? I know you, want, you said you wanted to play mm-hmm. baseball this year coming up, yeah. but obviously you're having a great year. Have you thought about... Do I want to go to the NFL draft? Mm-hmm. or do you...
4: No, I mean, I plan on coming back and playing baseball in the spring and then, you know, being here for my senior season. Okay,
0: mm-hmm. so you, you've already kind of made that decision.
4: Yeah, that's my plan right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could that change in any way? Is there
0: anything that could happen in these? Last...
4: Yeah, no, I don't really see that changing right now, so no.
0: That is Cole Komet, so that sounds like a great sign. Um, now, I will remind everyone. That Wolf Fuller point blank said, oh, yeah, I'm absolutely coming back uh, and then did not. Uh, So things do change or sometimes guys say things to not be a distraction. But uh, if Cole Komet does, in fact, come back, that would be monster for Notre Dame next year. Yeah, he's really, really good.
1: Um, And again, a quarterback's best friend, too. So (laughs) it'd be great to have him back for sure.
0: And Liam Eichenberg has uh, said he will come back for his fifth year as well. So that would be great to have him back on the offensive line again. Uh, all of that is, you know, contingent on whether or not they actually will. But I, I've talked to some people uh, about Komet's situation. He really does want to play baseball. Um, it's been kind of uh, looked at like, hey, remember when everyone thought Pat Conanton was going to play baseball? But it was like, I'm going to give basketball uh, an extra shot kind of worked out for Pat mm-hmm. Connaughton. So I don't think commit's given up on the fact that uh, baseball could be in his future. So, um, I, I think it's a uh, pretty, it's more probable that he does come back next year than not. All right, let's talk about Ian book. Um, 18 of 32, 181 yards passing, four touchdown passes, two interceptions last week against Duke. But the big thing he did, Kevin, was running the football. I mean, 12 rushes for 139 yards becomes the first Notre Dame quarterback to ever throw for four touchdowns and rush for 100 yards in in a single game. And uh, whereas this play-calling bin all season <laughs> to let Ian Book run the ball. They could have used this uh, throughout the year. Well, he did a great job with
1: distributing the ball to the playmakers. But then, again, if you're having uh, issues with your running back position and productivity, you know, he's tough enough that he can step up and do it. So uh, hopefully that's part of the game plan moving forward is to have him be uh, more of a threat.
0: Do you think part of it was we don't trust – I don't – you got Djokovic with no experience behind him. Um, it's not, a, It's you just can't afford to get him hurt. And maybe throughout the year, it's like, nah, we can't let this guy run 10 times because he's going to get banged up. I could see that. I mean, you, you, he's a big
1: part of their offense this year. So you want him to be healthy, but then... You know, with him having the uh, the Virginia Tech last drive, last run in, you know, maybe
0: they just kind of looked in the mirror and said, you know what, let's let this guy do what he can do. He's a pretty physical guy. All right. So we aren't talking about Ian Book until about 25 minutes into our show. New it record. took 25 minutes into Brian Kelly's press conference on Monday before anyone asked about Ian Book. So I did curious if Brian Kelly felt Book was able to silence some of the critics with his performance versus Duke.
2: Well, I, I think that there was some significant progress made and, and maybe, um, you know, maybe just he got back to the starting line for many people that were, were viewing him. Um, but but I, I think, you know, for, for Ian, you know, playing the quarterback position requires, uh, you know, to eliminate a lot of the clutter uh, that goes along with the position. I think he finally did that. And he just went and played quarterback uh, at Notre Dame. And uh, it was nice to see. I was happy for him. I think he just needs to continue to do that. Go play, have fun, enjoy it. And um, I think good things will happen to him.
0: And then after the game, Book was asked about all the heat he was getting and whether it's calmed down on social media. Not really sure if it's died down.
4: I don't pay much attention to
0: it. But, um,
4: yeah, I learned that it's really the guys that matter, the guys on the team. And, um, Notre Dame, you know, you play at Notre Dame for big games, and it's part of it. You get you get a lot of haters, and it's just the way it is. And But honestly, none of those people matter. It's about the guys playing on offense, and that's what I learned from it, was just focusing on the guys and having fun. It, it, there's no point letting any type of outside noise really get to you. At Notre Dame, you're going to hear it no matter what. Social media is a big one. Um, you're going to hear the noise. You're going to hear the, what, what people are saying. Um, It's just kind of like, it just happens. Social media is obviously a big one, but.
3: Like people on campus, fellow students?
4: Uh, No, no, not there, but really, really social media. And that means pretty much nothing. So at the end of the day, it's about having fun with the 10 other guys on the offense and the whole entire team, um, you know, during the game.
0: So he wasn't in he wasn't getting yelled at by by his classmates. It was <laughs> it, it was the people on social media, which you would expect. Yeah. And, and we talked about this over the last couple of weeks. That's something that people 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 didn't years ago didn't have to deal with. You you were able to isolate yourself and not have to hear from, uh you know, Joey Bag of Donuts out in Ohio <laughs> who's complaining about what you're doing. So uh, that's something you had to deal with. And I think now he's learned, mm, maybe I'm going to turn Twitter off and... Uh, yeah and not look at that right now. Well, and I think it's
1: really important, again, kind of the bunker mentality, but just to focus, as he said, on the guys on the team – and you know it's it's tough with today's social media but everybody's really uh tough behind the screen right
0: well they could definitely use uh ian book playing uh to his best level today as they face navy today they got to maximize those positions we'll we'll talk about that uh still to come here in, in the show our title sponsor for irish sports saturdays is notre dame federal credit union did you know that notre dame fcu provides financial assistance to help our members at participating catholic schools to find out the details ask your local Catholic school principal, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you're a share of values. Why not share in our benefits? Time for our timeout. Up next, it's an inspirational story from a diehard Notre Dame fan who has defeated cancer three times and calls his battles with cancer a blessing. You won't want to miss this Focus on Faith interview with Bobby Kloska next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life Today. Coming up right after us, Lenny DiLorenzo of the McGrath Institute for Church Life is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bobby Kloska may not be a name you recognize because he's not a former Notre Dame football or basketball All-American. He's a former Irish golfer who graduated from Notre Dame in 1990. He's 52, married, and a father of five kids. In 2003, at the age of 36, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, cancer. His story is an inspirational one because he's defeated cancer now three times and has had to endure 25 surgeries in his life. He's also a diehard Notre Dame football fan since he was a kid, and as you will hear from his story, there's a lot of crossover in how Notre Dame football has played a role in his life through his battles. He's a devout Catholic who views his battles with cancer as a blessing. Think about that. Cancer as a blessing, a few weeks ago, he had surgery done in his vocal cords for the 19th time. The surgery was done at the University of Michigan two days after Michigan crushed Notre Dame. That's where our conversation begins. Here's Focus on Faith with Bobby Klosko. I, I want to start with the fact that you're the reason Notre Dame got pounded by Michigan. <laughs> you're going into surgery two days later for your 19th vocal cord surgery. And I, I just think everyone who knows you was... Wanted to make sure that the doctors up at the University of Michigan were uh, were 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 happy and ready to go. So uh, I think it's your responsibility, don't you think?
5: the The problem is, my surgeon at the University of Michigan is not only works there; he's an undergrad Wolverine, and his daughter had to choose between Notre Dame and Michigan, and he got her to choose Michigan. So he is a fan. And uh, yeah, this will tell you how kind he is and thoughtful. He knew that I was not feeling well and that I wouldn't be able to attend the game. So when the game was over, he pulled out his phone and took a picture of the scoreboard and then printed it out for me and gave it to me in the pre op uh, section when he comes to talk to me. And he gave me this little gift, and it was the scoreboard of Michigan 45, Notre Dame 14. just what a thoughtful kind guy he was to do that for me
0: and here you are your voice is sounding uh, much better than it's been for for the last year so obviously it worked to your advantage that Notre Dame got crushed in that game
5: it did it i absolutely uh, you know even out of the worst horrible evil good things can come right
0: <laughs> i remember i remember texting you that i was uh, praying for michigan so that to help you out and you just said, you just sent me the stop sign <laughs>
5: Right. No, I would believe me. I wanted to win. I, in fact, that was, that was, it's the most highly branded hospital I've ever been to. Every single piece of equipment has a block M on it, including the wheelchair that I had to ride in as they wheeled me into um, surgery. So it, it was humbling.
0: Your story is an incredible one. Uh, All the battles you've been through over the last, uh, you know, 17 years or so and and all the cancer that you've beaten. uh, You know, we we joke about the vocal cord surgery that you've had, but, you know, um, you first got diagnosed in 2003 with with cancer. And, you know, your wife's pregnant. You know, all that went through. Just how difficult was the first time you had a battle through it with everything that was going on in your life as, you know, a young dad, really?
5: Yeah, I would say it was incredibly difficult, Um, and yet, uh, as hard as it was, and as uh, panicked as other people were, um, I felt a peace, and it's hard to describe, but I never felt panicked. I always felt like the Lord was with me, and we had... I mean, Margie gets really sick when she's pregnant. She was sick. Um, We had uh, basements flooding and we had car accidents and we had, um, you know, all this uh, six months of chemo and I got every side effect they warn you of. I mean, I was like the poster boy of every side effect. When they read that to you ahead of time, they have to go through each one and it kind of freaks you out. I got just about every one. Um, so it, I would say the the level of difficulty was high, but the level of grace from God was also high. And um, in some ways, it's not that hard to have cancer because when people are really worried about you and you're suffering and you feel bad and everything, everybody's nice to you. And they're nice to you in a way that... Um, is overwhelming how people reach out and when they would love on my children or my wife that they were loving me by taking care of them and you would never see that from people if you didn't have cancer but here's the dirty little secret and I always feel bad for people who have the same symptoms I have but don't have cancer because if I have a headache or my mouth hurts, or something from chemo. It's because he has cancer, so everybody cuts you a break. Everybody comes to your rescue. Angie, you could walk around with a headache that's worse than mine, and some canker sores that are just as bad as mine. But you don't have cancer, and nobody, n- nobody cares about yours
0: because. I mean, no one of you <laughs> would care about me anyway. But that's <laughs> what's well, I mean, maybe you and my wife.
5: But- right? It's just. There, there are benefits of, um, there are blessings that come with cancer and it's really, uh, I think it can be overblown how hard it is. It's hard, but you also get a lot of love and support that you wouldn't get otherwise.
0: Bobby Klaska, Notre Dame alum, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, our Focus on Faith interview. Uh, you know, Faith is obviously an incredible part of your life. It's always been uh, a huge family. Uh, probably people listening. Um, you know, if we just get half your family listening to the show, our ratings are through the roof. Um, talk about faith uh, growing up and how critical that was for for you know you when when you were just a, a little kid.
5: You know, it's it's funny, but there were there were three or four constants in my life. There were maybe four things I knew were true and were kind of pillars of our family life growing up. I'm one of 13 children. I was the fourth oldest, so family was still small when I was born. I was the fourth, there were gonna be nine more. Uh, Number one was that uh, mom and dad, it was always family first. It was always take care of your family, take care of your brothers and sisters. Along with that went our Catholic faith. It was unquestioned. We had a crucifix in every room of the house. We prayed the family rosary growing up. We weren't asked if we wanted to go to Mass. We just did it, and nobody questioned it, and it was beautiful. It wasn't like we always wanted to go, but um, it was part of our self-conception is that we are Catholic Christians. Um, So family faith um academics and i swear to you notre dame football uh i mean my first memory as a little boy was joe theisman scoring a touchdown and my dad picking me up and throwing me up to the ceiling and catching me and i i'll never forget that and number seven has been my favorite number since then and um I would just beg for Notre Dame to score touchdowns so my dad would pick me up and throw me. Uh, That's the first memory I have in life. And so those things were all intertwined. I mean, they were all part of it. And, uh, you know, we were told you got to work hard. You got to study hard. You take care of your family. You pray and you um, grow closer to God and, and go to mass and the sacraments and you root for Notre Dame. I mean, that's part of the deal.
0: So then you fast forward to 2007, and you're in, what, your third bout uh, of cancer, and you're sitting in a hospital, you're basically there for 30 days, and Notre Dame can't win a game. That probably didn't help the cause, then, did it, for a diehard Notre Dame fan like you are?
5: I got to tell you that, um, so I'm in a germ-free environment. If people come into the room, they have to scrub down, they have to be totally covered. It's like the the old days, they'd put a bubble around you. Now they make everything clean and you can just be in your uh, hospital gown. Um, Being in the same small room, suffering physically, intense suffering, I looked forward four weekends in a row. I just looked forward to a Notre Dame game and I just wanted to to, uh, enjoy the game. And when Notre Dame wins, it always gave me hope. It was just like sort of like the universe's right and I can be happy or whatever we lost every game that was Charlie Weiss's three and nine season or whatever and I I gotta tell you uh it affected me more than I care to admit I mean you're you're supposed to say oh that doesn't matter it's just a game or whatever it just made me depressed and uh you know the there weren't any windows and when it was it was cloudy and I'm suffering, and all I needed was a victory. So the beautiful thing was that the Notre Dame basketball program read about uh, me complaining about that in the South Bend Tribune. They did a story on me, um, and they sent me a care package of victory stuff for the basketball team, uh, and Mike and his wife were really kind. Um, and so that, that helped me through... Uh, you know, fill the gaps, but it doesn't totally eliminate the sting of losing four games in a row.
0: And then Mike Bray gave you a inspiration award in 2008 as well. <laughs> Three-time cancer survivor, diehard Notre Dame fan, Bobby Klaska, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Um, you know, during these battles, you had some incredible challenges beyond just the cancer that challenged, maybe challenged your faith a little bit. How did you stay... So, I shouldn't say it challenged your faith. It could challenge your faith, and it didn't challenge your faith. How were you able to stay so positive through um, some in- excruciating times?
5: All I could tell you is that grace is a gift, and I got many gifts. Um, no matter how, when things kept getting worse and worse and worse, I grew closer And closer and closer to Christ and there are many places in the scripture where he says if you wish to be my disciple you must pick up your cross every day and follow me no servant is greater than the master and if you sit there and focus on his life and everything he went through I mean it did not end well It ended with him on the cross in despair calling out to his father saying, why have you abandoned me? He felt that despair. And at the foot of the cross was his mother who never left him. So if um, I could somehow try to emulate Christ and to hang in there, hang in there, and share in his sufferings. And then I could take that. And here was the beautiful thing the more I suffered, the more I would take my suffering and I would say, Lord, I offer this to you. And I would pray for people. And uh, more of my prayers for people were answered when I was suffering than at any other time of my life. So, like, when your prayers are so efficacious and so powerful. I don't, you know, I'm sitting there. It's not because I'm some virtuous person. I'm sitting there amazed too. I'm like, I'm really praying for these people and things are happening. And then people come back and they're like, you can't believe what happened. I just considered it my job to accept the suffering with gratitude, be cheerful as possible, and pray for people and using that suffering, offering my suffering. When I was little, my mom, whenever something bad happened and we didn't get something we wanted or we were at a headache or whatever, she would always say, Polish people always said this, offer it up. You take that and you offer it up as a prayer and say, Lord, I give this to you. And it was really that advice early on from my mom, my grandparents, that we said that all the time, really carried me through. And I would say today, I'm grateful for my cancer. I'm grateful for this suffering because it really brought me closer to God in a way that I didn't even know was possible. I didn't even know there was such intimacy and closeness to God that was possible. And uh, this suffering showed me something. And now I feel like to those who have been given much, much shall be asked. And so my life now is trying to pay it back pay it forward i feel like i've been given this abundance of love and grace from god and my job until the day i die is to try to help as many people as possible try to get as many people to go to heaven love on people as much as i can and uh obey the 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 two great commandments love the god love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your mind all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So that's what I focus on every day, that's my life. And the cancer helped me do that. Even the losses of Notre Dame football, which made me suffer more, helped me to do that. Because sometimes evil prevails, right? Sometimes Notre Dame loses. (laughs)
0: Three-time cancer survivor, diehard Notre Dame fan, Bobby Klaska, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Uh, You you mentioned till the day you die. Were there times when you thought, today's the day, this might be it?
5: Um, You know, I really wasn't thinking that, but other people were. So when I was in the hospital room, twice when I was, I was hospitalized for a month, twice, two separate times at the University of Chicago both times I hit a critical point in the stem cell transplant time where half of the people that do this die. And um, I looked bad and people started showing up, unexpected people, kind of people that I'm not in that great a touch with, but lots of people showed up at my bedside and they started telling me things. And that's when I realized they think that they may never see me again. And they're just trying to and so it was very touching, but I'd be sitting there thinking, dude, I'm not going to die. You don't get it. But, um, but I looked like I was. So that was twice. And then there was a third time after that where in my, I had to live in my parents' house away from my family for five months. And I got very, very ill. And I was uh, freezing cold, shaking uncontrollably. Headache, nausea, throwing up, and, uh, and b- my parents and my sister and my wife thought I was uh, in trouble, like I was going to die, and we were going to the hospital, but then in came uh, Father Robert Melnick, a Franciscan friend of ours, and he prayed over me, and he actually prayed prayers against the devil of exorcism over me. And I immediately got better. And then they took me to the hospital and they checked me out and they said, there's nothing wrong with you and I did not manifest any symptoms. Let me tell you, Anj, that very much got me to believe in the existence of a spiritual world of angels and demons. And uh, there's a little bit more to that that I won't share on a radio interview, but I profoundly, it's not faith for me, That believes in the spiritual supernatural world, it goes beyond that. It's evidence. I mean, it is hardcore evidence. I know it um, because I've experienced it directly. And I consider all that a gift.
0: Bobby, thank you very much for sharing your story. And uh, hopefully the Irish can get you a few more victories to help you feel better. Please.
5: It would make me feel much, much better. And how about a national title?
0: bobby klaska thanks for joining us on uh focus on faith uh kevin uh it, he's your brother-in-law and I, I know you know him very well but it's certainly a very inspirational story within the hundreds of the klaskas that are in the fam well and i think
1: yeah he's just a really neat unique, uh, unique man in the and his faith is so strong and as you said a couple times just to view cancer as a blessing in his outlook. Um, I mean, it's, it's really amazing. And <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where you can, you can be close uh, with someone, um, but then when you take another look at him, it's really kind of eye-opening. So uh, he's a very inspiring person, and I... Maybe not to the level uh, that he is also want Notre Dame football to win because it's it's more enjoyable here in South Bend. (laughs)
0: Uh, You know, for those that don't know, Bobby also helped start Catholic Radio here in in Michiana. Uh, And, you know, a year and a half ago, I didn't know him at all. He reached out to me on Twitter when I left WNDU and was like, hey, if you ever need anything and I'm like, who's this guy? (laughs) And my wife said, who's this guy? We actually ended up reaching out to him and he's the person that made the connection for uh for me to be here redeemer radio being with all of you here today so uh can't thank bobby enough and that's what what he does he helps other people um works at notre dame federal credit union as the chief partnership officer doing a great job there for notre dame fcu all right uh we got to take a break and we've got our game day sprint here on notre dame federal credit union's Irish sports saturdays right after this Host an incredible wedding weekend at Notre Dame with Venue ND, once-in-a-lifetime experiences
2: and wonderful settings, from rehearsal dinners to wedding receptions to farewell brunches. You don't have to be an alum to have your reception in Notre Dame's beautiful
0: event spaces. Host your ceremony at your own local Catholic parish and bring your guests to campus for the rest. Make a tradition of your own. Visit weddings.nd.edu. to thank, we want to thank Tire Rack for being such great supporters of Redeemer Radio. The folks at Tire Rack underwrite our internship program with high school students from Marion and St. Joe. The students are getting college-level internship experience thanks in large part to the generosity of Tire Rack. More tires, great prices. Visit TireRack.com. Alright, Angel Carlo, Kevin Downey, game day sprint. We're talking about Notre Dame and Navy. 93rd straight meeting between these two teams. Irish lead the all-time series 78-13 to 13 to 1. Notre Dame has won every year from 1964 to 2006. Then Navy beat ND in 2007 in triple overtime. The Mids have now defeated Notre Dame in 2007, 2009, 2010, and 2016. 2016 is the one I'm thinking about here today, Kevin. Uh, You know, Navy won 28-27. The Irish didn't get the ball back in the final seven minutes of the game because Notre Dame ended up only with six possessions in the whole game. That's the part that fears me here today for Notre Dame is that Navy just doesn't allow Notre Dame have the ball. Well, and that's the benefit of running the ball. The clock just keeps
1: running and running and running. Um, And then it sets up for those big play-action passes. And again, we talked about earlier, that quarterback is really dynamic. He can make some things happen. All right, limited
0: possessions is a big thing against Navy. Here's what tight end Cole Komet and offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg had to say about that.
4: If you get nine possessions, you're usually lucky against Navy. So uh, definitely got to take advantage of the times that we have the ball and be able to score touchdowns. It's a big deal. I mean, it changes the mindset a little bit. You just got you really got to be cognizant of that. But uh, it's something that, you know, we kind of when we take the field, we're always expecting to score. So that's something that we just got to, you know, be really focused on and really focused on executing the plays that, you know, coach long calls and being able to execute at a high level. You see it every year, and Navy does a great job. I mean, they chew time out of the clock like, like no other team will play against. Um, you know, we just need to, it just goes back to doing our job, you know, and I don't think we need to start thinking about that. I think we just need to focus on one plate at a time, you know, cause then you start getting ahead of yourself and you start messing up. So I think we need, we need to just take it one plate at a time and then it'll all work out for us.
0: And it's not going to be easy scoring on this Navy defense. It's much improved. They only give up 18 points a game, 15th best scoring defense in the country.
1: Well, and they're always aggressive. They're uh, very disciplined. They're actually very creative. They do a lot of different things. Um, You know, they're undersized. Their biggest uh, player is their defensive lineman, number 96. He's 6'6". Otherwise, these are little tough, aggressive guys. And the one thing that I would look out for is I'm or that I will be watching for the game when they crowd the line of scrimmage something's going to happen. It Number one, It it's their strength. Their front does some different things, and they can drop guys out in zone drops. But more than anything, then some of their weaknesses would be their defensive backs matchups. So it's going to be a big play one way or the other, and they don't do it every time. So when you see them all crowding the line on defense, some exciting is going to happen one way or the other. All right, here's Brian Kelly on Navy's defense.
2: Uh, the changes that they've made, uh, I think what's impressive, I think the top offenses that they've played, they've kept them to – over 100 yards less than their their normal averages. Um, Their rush defense is outstanding. Uh, They've been very aggressive. Um, So, you know, from a a transformational standpoint, their defense is so much better uh, at everything that they do from coverage to uh, getting after the quarterback, tackling, um, and again, it shows statistically in terms of where they are and how they're playing.
0: And then, of course, on the other side of the ball, we talked about this at the top of the show, Malcolm Perry, fantastic at quarterback. Uh, Carruthers and Smith are the fullbacks. Uh, They've done a great job this season. All right, what worries you most if you're Ken Niamatololo? Um,
1: I would say just some of the big, um, my defense uh getting a ball thrown over my head some jump balls and those guys scoring quickly
0: yeah i'm gonna say just ian book playing uh, like you did last week all right let's get into our predictions uh here today we've got uh two Downey sons in the house uh joseph and michael uh joseph of oh, course Or <laughs> <right>, uh, michael <laughs> baby joseph michael. Jo- jo- yeah baby michael sorry <laughs> joseph and andrew uh joseph you picked clemson last year who are you picking here today um, Notre Dame twenty eight, Navy thirty one. Oh, he's Whoa, going with Navy. Navy. Oh boy, how about you, <laughs> Andrew? I think
4: Notre
0: Dame twenty seven, Navy fourteen. All right, bo- nice. Uh, Uncle Bobby will get you a gift, and uh, you'll be shut out, Joseph. Uh, Kevin, what do you got? <laughs> I think Notre Dame thirty five, Navy twenty one, but it's gonna be close. All right, I'm going to go with Notre Dame 31, Navy 27. That'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Unions, Irish Sports Saturdays, mm-hmm. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Elia Glazeman. For my broadcast partner, Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Navy set for a 2.30 kickoff this afternoon at Notre Dame Stadium. Tickets still available, just 45 bucks at the box office, maybe even cheaper on the secondary market. You can watch locally on WNDU. i have updates throughout the day on social media and, of course, We'll be back with you here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on Redeemer Radio. We close our show the same way the Irish will close their pregame with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. This is Father
5: Mark Thiesing, chaplain for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish Football Team. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our Lady of Victory, pray for
1: us. Go Irish!
0: This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. Join Bishop Kevin Rhodes,
1: Bishop of Fort Wayne, South Bend, every Wednesday at noon for his weekly show, Truth in Charity. On each episode, he joins host Kyle Hyman to discuss key issues facing
0: Catholics in the diocese and beyond. Then he answers questions submitted by listeners. If you would like to submit a question, go to RedeemerRadio.com slash
1: AskBishop. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.
0: Imagine a world
1: with no poverty, a world where everyone has food to eat, clothes to wear and is able to make rent each month. The St. Vincent de Paul Society is working towards that goal. We are committed to ending poverty by serving our community one neighbor at a time. We have seen the power one person can have on those we serve. Join us in the fight against poverty. Visit svdpsb.org or call 234-6000 for more information.